This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Tenth day of November 2023. The country celebrating Veterans Day today. It actually falls, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, but because it's on a weekend, uh, it'll be recognized today. So happy Veterans Day to all my uh, family members and friends that uh, have served in the military. I think especially about my grandfather who served in World War II, my father-in-law who served, um, my dad served, uh, uh, my friend Glenn uh, Husted that lives down in Mississippi I went to high school with, my best friend Bob Huggin uh, when I was growing up, uh, all served in the Army. Uh, so uh, thinking about them uh, as well this weekend. Um Interesting, uh, we, I, I did not plan to talk about this this morning, but uh, there is a rumor that the Big Ten is preparing a notice of disciplinary action against the University of Michigan. We knew something was going to happen, but it appears that they may be doing that this weekend ahead of the a uh, huge game that uh, Michigan has this weekend against Penn State. The rumor is it could be a three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. I, I, you know, I don't know how true that is. It's the rumor that's going down right now. Um, it, Heather uh, Dinich from ESPN is reporting that this morning. Uh, so I guess. Uh, we'll see whether that is indeed true or not, but uh, that would be a huge blow for the University of Michigan. Um, again, uh, we'll find out soon, but uh, they're going to be talking about that on ESPN this morning. Uh, it's supposed to happen early this afternoon. Michigan's supposed to leave at 1 o'clock to head out to Penn State, uh, flying out of Detroit. So it might be that uh, Jim Harbaugh gets left at the gate. Um, we'll see. Uh, she is still on top of it, and uh, uh, so we'll see. But if that is the case, that would be a big loss for the University of Michigan. Now, the good, the good news is is that they'd have him back uh, for the end of the season, the college football playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But, look, I think that no matter what happens here, I think we're seeing the end of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. I think that Jim Harbaugh has probably had enough of this crap, you know. Um, you know, and, and there was uh, some talk about, you know, hey, look, we're not the only ones that have been doing this. Now, uh, everybody's been trying to steal signs. The difference was is Michigan actually had somebody uh, in the stadium to do it. But um, it would not shock me at all if this is the end for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. 
he'll finish out this season. He'll take this three-game suspension, he'll finish out the season, and then he will flip his finger at the NCAA, and that will be the end of Jim Harbaugh coaching in college. Hey, and let's not forget, he was a hell of a NFL coach, too. Um, I think he was something like 44 and 19 or something like that as an NFL head coach. So it would not shock me uh, if this is it uh, for him. Coming up this morning at 9.15, we've got Dan Zampano coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, Just a few things I wanted to get to before we talk to Dan. Uh, The Bruins keep rolling last night uh, in the NHL, 11-1-1 now to start the season. Charlie Coyle, his first career hat trick last night uh, as they beat the New York Islanders uh, 5-2. Great third period. For the Bruins, they led 2-1 at the end of two. Uh, the Islanders scored one early in the third period, and then the Bruins just took over after that, scored the next three goals to win the thing 5-2. Uh, Linus Olmark in goal uh, does a great job. And the Bruins, uh, a lot of people thought that they were going to be a non-factor this year, are showing themselves that uh, they could be a very, very uh, difficult team to face all season long. And uh, uh, if you're a Bruins fan, you're thrilled about that because uh, with the retirements of Patrice Bergeron, uh, you know, you just figured that uh, they were done, you know, and, and David Krejci, and, uh, but they just continue to roll. A um, couple of things in baseball. The Oakland A's fans, this is great. I love this. There is a group of 15 fans. Well, let's let's not do that. <laughs> well, all right. Let's not do that. Uh, anyway, uh, there is a group of fans in Oakland that have sent what they're calling stay in Oakland boxes to 15 different Major League Baseball owners. The NFL, I mean, the, NFL, the Major League Baseball owners are scheduled to vote on the relocation of the Oakland Athletics to Las Vegas next week at the owners' meetings that are going to take place in Arlington. So this group that is in uh, Oakland, which includes uh, some fans, a, a clothing company out there uh, called the uh, Last Dive Bar, um, and, and have all unified together uh, to try to get some owners to vote against this relocation. John Henry of the Boston Red Sox, one of them. They uh, uh, He gets sent a... Um, an Oakland A's cap, and then they had a special baseball card featuring John Henry's likeness and a note telling him the reasons he should vote no uh, for the team's planned relocation. Uh, Artie Moreno from the Angels is going to get one. Hal Steinbrenner from the Yankees. Um, I don't know how they identified the 15 owners um, uh, that they've uh, that they think might vote against it, like the Seattle Mariners, John Stanton, Ray Davis of the uh, the, the Rangers. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I think it's a long shot. Uh, there were the city council chambers in Oakland was packed the other day. Um, and the city council unanimously passed a resolution that supported, the, you know, reaffirmed its support of the A staying in Oakland. And um, but as it as it stands right now, if this is voted on and passed, this will be a lame duck season for the Oakland Athletics. Uh, in Oakland, and then they will probably play in some kind of a triple-A stadium until their uh, new building is done in Las Vegas. So we'll see what happens, but I would be shocked uh, if this works. But uh, and, and look, uh, this has been going on for a while. The players are fed up with it. Uh, you remember Trevor May 
after the season when he retired, you know, he he just went after the owner and said, sell the team, dude. (laughs) Sell it. (laughs) So we'll see. Uh, Speaking of Artie Moreno and the Angels, we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday because we, by the way, oh, my God, I I felt like an IT guy yesterday. I had to bastardize uh, one computer to salvage the computer that runs the radio station because where I live, it's like I can't just run down to Best Buy or wherever and get what I need. Uh, It's a two-hour drive to anywhere to get the parts that I would need. So, uh, uh, fortunately, the uh, second computer I had for the radio station that usually runs the video that we used to run prior to moving down here to uh, no internet land uh, is the same kind of computer. So I was able to take the parts out of the old one, put it in the new one, and we're good to go, uh, at least for now. Um, But we didn't get a chance to talk about Ron Washington, 71 years old, getting hired as the new Angels manager. Uh, He is the... uh, Fourth manager in the last six years for the Angels after Mike Sosha left. Uh, Mike Sosha was there for 19 years, and it has been a revolving door since then. Brad Osmus, Joe Madden, Phil Nevin, uh, all out. Um, and, look, Ron Washington managed in Texas for a long time, uh, had a winning record there, but also had his share of bumps and bruises. If you remember, he tested positive for cocaine at one point, uh, ended up resigning um, because uh, he uh, had some kind of an extramarital affair, and, and that's the reason he he wanted to get out of Texas. Ended up uh, going to Atlanta, where he has served uh, as their third base coach for the last several years. But he is going to take over this Angels team. And, uh, look, the Angels are a mess. But Ron Washington is a guy that people love playing for. So if there's anybody that can, you know, pull that one out of the fire, it might be Ron Washington. But uh, – uh, and, and look, uh, 71 years old, but we saw what Dusty Baker did. We saw what Bruce Bochy has done. Uh, so I don't think age is really a factor um, here. So uh, I wish him a lot of luck. I'm a big Ron Washington fan. And look, n- nobody is perfect. And yes, he had his share of uh, uh, stumbles while he was the Texas manager, but he was still a very good manager while he was there. So uh, that'll be a very, very interesting uh, thing to watch this year. Of course, he's going to be doing it without Shohei Otani, but hey, you know, <laughs> he's still got Mike Trout, right? Uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk NFL football. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. November comes early here uh, as as we get down to week double digits in week 10. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to get to your picks in a little bit. And, and as you we said off the air, this is there's some awful games this week. You managed to go four and three last week, so at least you're above 500. But before we get to some of last week's games, let's talk about that snoozer last night. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that last night to me, was a microcosm of the NFL season in that it's it's two bad teams and it's two bad quarterbacks. And look, this is not to, not to take anything away uh, from Bajan from Chicago. He's an undrafted Division II quarterback, so I'm not trying to kill him. Um, but it was just bad quarterback. It was bad football. It's what we've seen, even from the good quarterbacks, we've seen a lot of bad quarterback play this year, haven't we? <laughs> Yeah, you're you're not wrong. That last night, I mean, thank God Frank Wright tried a 60-yard field goal oh. at the end that was never going to make it because that let us all go to bed. I mean, it I'm was just you. it it was it was tough sailing watching because 
you know, it's hard to build. Like, okay, you might get excited and say, all right, Bryce Young, like, you know, let's see what he can do. He's the number one overall pick, and they struggled this year. And, you know, you thought Justin Fields was going to come back in this game. Nope, we get to do Tyson Bajan again. It's like poor Al Michael sitting up there. He might as well wear a T-shirt now up on the, up in there. I mean, he's, he's taking the tie off now, and now he's just wearing sweaters. It's like, you know, casual Thursday for him now. It's like, you know – as we get later in the year, Al's, you know, the, the sun goes down earlier and Al gets sleepier and sleepier every week. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's just tough. It's oh. just tough. But you know what? I thought, uh, Bajan was far worse in this game. I mean, he well, was yeah. missing wide open, yep. you know, receivers, but I thought Bryce Young started to find a groove a little bit. They weren't scoring. Uh, and that's, that's a, that's a real problem. They can't get in the red zone. They can't finish drives. But he was able to move the football pretty decently, especially down the stretch in that game. And, you know, Carolina, I mean, if you look at this game, you can see all the issues that Carolina has, offensive line being, you know, number one. Their defense is still pretty solid. And Chicago's defense playing a lot better. Yep. But, again, it's hard to measure this game knowing that both offenses are just are just putrid. So, uh, good for the Bears. It's not going to hurt them. It actually helps them because right. as long as the Panthers keep losing, they, they got they got that pick. So it'll be a good thing for Chicago. Yeah. So I guess I guess if you're a Chicago fan too, you you become a a huge Arizona Cardinal fan, right? Because you you want to make sure that those yeah. uh, those Panthers finish at the bottom. By the way, what 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 did you think of those orange Chicago Bear uniforms? Those are those are awful. Oh, it's high school uniform. Oh my god, I, it's just brutal. I, you know, it's like it's yeah. some of the stuff that the NFL is trying to do. You know, uh, with with these these I don't even know what the hell they call them, but you know where they're wearing all these colorful uniforms. It's just stop. The color rush. Yeah. Is, oh, is that what they yeah. call it? Color rush. Yeah. The color rush uniforms that they implemented a few years ago. Gene, I will say one thing: if you are watching this game and you're more interested in like football and you know kind of the breakdown, yeah. if you watch the game on Prime Vision, yeah. It is way better. Really? Oh my gosh, it's a great product. With actually tracking receiver routes and and hot reading defensive uh, blitzers, and it's it's really cool AI technology. So I encourage everybody watch the game in Prime Vision. I've done it the last two weeks, and it's way better for a football experience. I'll, you know what? I'll have to try that. I have not actually tried watching that. And you know what? Considering the the uh, the quality of some of the games, I guess uh, <laughs> it's probably better to do something like that, right? Uh, it's a football nerd's paradise. It really is. Yeah. Well, then that's you know what that's that's on your business card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what do you make? I mean, look, the Giants are a total train wreck this year, right? I mean, and now oh, with Daniel God. Jones is out for the year, and then as if just to throw some gasoline on the fire. You've got a a fourth year safety in Xavier McKinney throwing Wink Martindale and you know and the coaching staff under the bus. I mean, can things yeah. get any more dysfunctional in New York right now? Well, when when you don't address the backup quarterback situation, this is what you get. Like, and and granted, I think you got to give the Giants some some leeway in the fact that Daniel Jones gets hurt and then Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. It's right. like. You know, how much more can you do? And you basically got, you know, what uh, Jackie April out there playing football, you know, playing quarterback out there from the Sopranos. You know, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> so, it, you know, I, the guy can't complete a pass. Right. It, it's really egregious. And, 
you know, you put your team in that situation, especially last week, you're playing against the Raiders who are like, you know, be rid of Josh McDaniels and, you know, uh, we're playing inspired football. And, you know, as soon as your quarterback goes down, it's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's just so brutal. So, you know, it's hard to judge that. The Giants' defense is probably extremely frustrated. I don't see how you could throw Wiga Martindale under the bus considering how good that defense has played. Right. Um, you know, Wink, Wink's a guy that's, that's not going to mince words. Like, yeah. you know, he, he's going to shoot you straight. Very aggressive guy. And, you know, you got to – you kind of have to uh, – you kind of have to roll with the punches sometimes on that. And, you know, I, again, I think it goes back to the, the way that they've constructed the team. They believed that they were good last year when they really you weren't. They were there lucky. was a lot of luck variance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was a lot of luck variance. And they believed in it, and they took the cheese. And this is what they got. Um, speaking of, uh, coaching staffs, um, and I said this to you last week that, you know, normally you would think that the Patriots playing the Washington commanders, that's going to be a win. And the Patriots found a way not to win this game. And Ugh. the rumors have become uh, very heavy that not only will Bill Belichick be out of New England at the end of the season, that there's a possibility that Bill Belichick might not survive the end of this game or the end of the uh, the season after this game this weekend against Indianapolis. Do you buy into that? That old trolling volant at the Boston yep. Globe. Huh? Yep. I mean, that, there you go again. So, um, look, I I can see – a possibility of Bill Belichick, you know, being gone at the end of the year. But what are we supposed to think now? After two weeks ago, we've got reports that, you know, he's got a contract extension and this, that, and the other. And now, and now in two weeks, Robert Kraft has completely flipped his, his, his script on this. Like, uh, I just, I'm not sure I buy it. Like, I, I think that Bill right now, I mean, look at his press conference this morning. The guy was, the guy was giddy right. this morning. He didn't look like a coach that was going to get fired. So, uh, I, you know, out there in, in Germany. So I, I'm not sure how reliable that information is. I, I, what I know is reliable is that I'm done making excuses for this team. I mean, that <laughs> that last week, that last week was the final straw for, I think, most Patriot fans and, and maybe even Patriot players, honestly. I mean, look at what's going on in that locker room right now. Yep. The Jack Jones uh, benching, not benching, J.C. Jackson getting left home, missing meetings, like, you know, all this crazy stuff that's going on, the Kayshawn Booty thing from last week, you know, all, all this stuff. And you can accept that they lose to like the Eagles or the Dolphins or the Cowboys, good teams. Yep. You lost to the scrub Sam Howell led Washington commanders at home who just traded two of their best defensive players. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that. that's it. I mean, I'm raising the right flag, Gene. I got nothing left for you. This team stinks. <laughs> well, uh, you know, and, and the thing that continues to amaze me is that their absolute unwillingness to run the football. You know, look, I mean uh, – you have Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, he was the only the only highlight you had last week. Really, was that 
the big run he had for a touchdown. But they were in this game mm-hmm. the whole time, and yet they still have Mac Jones. Th- and, and Mac Jones, I'm so, Mac Jones is out of there. I, I I see no scenario where Mac Jones is back on that Done. team next year. I see no scenario. Yeah. So so that being the case, what are we doing? Why are we letting him throw the ball forty four times? And he's and he's regressed. Yes. And, he, and he knows it. You know, like he's thrown off his back foot. He's, 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 uh, you know, his footwork is awful. He's missing wide open guys and choosing to throw balls up to Jalen Rager. I can't believe that he's even playing on the team. Like at this point, I mean, the injuries piling up, no Parker who shouldn't be there. No Kendrick Bourne. Um, you know, it's just a complete and total disaster. And, and so, and so basically you look at it and see, you know, really Washington should have won by more points. Mm -hmm. If you look at that game, mm-hmm. I mean, you go back to the end of that half, and Sam Howell throws one of the dumbest interceptions I've ever seen in in the end zone, and they would have scored on that drive easily. Gene, tell me, this is where I just went apoplectic. Tell me how Sam Howell can scramble on a third and 23 for a first down. Right. How is that <laughs> physically allowed? Yep. In this league, right. how is that allowed? By the Patriot defense, I just that as you throw up your hands and you say it's done, it's yeah. done. What's done is done, and we'll move on. And the Patriots right now, if the, if the season ended today, would have the number five overall pick in the draft. When in God's green earth do you ever remember that happening? I think because not in my life. I still had hair. I think when that uh, because it's, yeah. it's, it's it's been it's been a long long time. Uh, all right, other coaching uh, things. Uh, I, there was a a mistake I felt made last week by Todd Bowles uh, in that in that huh. that Tampa game, where mm. late in the game he elected to take a timeout with you know instead of taking the 10 second runoff when you're trying to run time off the damn clock anyway and he left more time on the clock for CJ Stroud mm-hmm. to come back you think about it what they score that touchdown with well, like 6 seconds left if he takes that 10 second yep. runoff that doesn't happen you know so it's yep. it's just one of those things and, and nobody seems to i mean when it happened i was like dude take the 10 second runoff and yet he calls a timeout and even i mean and nobody seems to have questioned him on that. Yeah, yeah, very strange. And, and I think the, the point being is, you know, I think we all know where the Bucks are going, right? I yeah. mean, just in the wrong direction. Right. After their good, hot start, you know, they're the team this year that was like, oh, the surprise start, and, you know, fall back to earth. <laughs> um, but you got to, I mean, Gene, I mean, this kid can play, though, man. Yeah. I mean, Stroud oh, is. Oh, it's ridiculous. Stroud is unbelievable five, i mean what he's five been touchdown able to do. passes that's just i mean it's crazy you look at his numbers it's crazy it's absolutely crazy yeah you know, it, it, yeah set the rookie set the rookie record for yards in the yeah. game i yeah. mean it's it, incredible you know and i'll say this for tampa yes they're going in the wrong direction but you know i mean uh, i think they've probably gotten more out of baker mayfield than they probably could have hoped don't you I mean, of course, but, you know, you look at that team and you say, these are just a bunch of, you know, kind of, you know, either guys that are washed up older players that used to be good or just cast offs from other teams that, you know, had were high draft picks that are now, you know, 
kind of just underwhelming. They're just, again, like an underwhelming football team that's going to be kind of just a 6-11, and 7-10 and 10 kind right. of team where, where you're just going to kind of coast. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Bulls, Bulls probably shouldn't even be there, to be honest with you. I'd be surprised if he was even back next year. Um, you know, the thing that surprised me, I think, about Tampa is just I, their defense hasn't been anywhere near it. I thought their defense was going to be better than that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that's, been, yeah. that's been the shock to me. Um, Their past defense has been rough. Yeah, yeah. T- terrible. Um, the shock of the week last week. How about Josh Dobbs comes in to Minnesota? Ugh. Like, was he there for three days or four days? <laughs> <laughs> and he wins the game. Now, I know it's the Atlanta Falcons, so you can't get too carried away with it. But, man, what a great story that is. I mean, he had the quote of the week. He said, it's like studying for three straight days for an AP Spanish exam, and you get there, and the whole test is an AP French exam. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was the quote of the week. Uh, it was the quote of the week. I mean, he was incredible, and I love the new nickname they're giving him in, in Minnesota. They're calling him the Pastronaut, which is, which is just unbelievable. So I, I, uh, I think that, you know, you do stuff like that, like you're a guy that can just roll with the punches. That's the guy you want on your team. That's the type of backup quarterback that you want on your team. Is he going to be able to lead a team to the playoffs? Probably not. But, you know, if, if you need a guy to come in for six, seven games, like they're going to need him, I mean, why not? Let's go for it, you know? And maybe, and maybe Minnesota, Minnesota's got that little magic kind of like they had last year where now they're easy to root for because they're not, they're not just getting blown out by great teams and then barely beating the bad teams or, or you know, winning those games. They're actually, you know, fun because yeah. they're doing this without any of, their, on any of their star players. Justin Jefferson has been out. Kirk Cousins is now out. Like, right. This is this is pretty fun. Cam Akers now is a torn Achilles. Like they're they're going to have to do this and kind of go on this you know magic mystery tour and and see if they can make some music. But Dan, if you look at their schedule, they're five and four right now. And you say, can he lead them to the playoffs? Their next four games could all be wins. They have, I mean, because Jefferson yeah. Jefferson's not going to play this week, but he he may be he may be back next week. They've got New Orleans, Denver, Chicago, Las Vegas. Those are their no- next four games. I mean. You know, now look, they end the season with two games against Detroit and one against the Bengals, uh, and you mix in one against Green Bay in there. But I mean, this team legitimately could be nine and four in yeah. in, 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 in three or four. Go, cool. I mean, you know, and so and that would put that well, hell, they're right in the middle of the mix now. If they go nine and four, who knows what could happen? I know they could be, you know, up for a division. You yeah, know? I mean, depending on what happens with Detroit. So, you know, I, and again, I'm not gonna that they're going nine and four considering that those other teams are probably pretty much on the level with them yeah but they're winnable games no absolutely. question about yeah, it absolutely. so so you're 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 right there with it and i think their defense is playing a lot better they're getting to the quarterback nobody blitzes more in the league than brian Flores' as a defense in minnesota so uh they're doing a great job and he's kind of figured out a little piece to to success here um Another surprise game to me last week, and it wasn't necessarily the, the who won the game. It was how uh, anemic the offenses were in that Kansas City-Miami game. Mm-hmm. I mean, neither one of those offenses got to 300 yards. The Chiefs only had 267 yards of total offense, and they won the damn game. 
Um, and and it, yeah. you know, I mean, and the Dolphins continue to show that they can't beat anybody with a winning record. Yeah, I, I you know I thought that they would, and give credit to two guys, Steve Spagnola and and Vic Fangio. Yeah, I mean, those the two defensive coordinators that have really, really stepped up when these offenses have taken steps back. I mean, Mahomes kind of has been that way all year, and their offense hasn't gotten it going. But, hey, I mean, the guys, like, they were missing Nick Bolton, their middle linebacker, and they still, uh, you know, shut down for the most part. That Miami Miami offense, Trent McDuffie, I mean, was outstanding. He led the team in tackles. He had the, the, the key fumble. Uh, at the lateral, I mean, how about that? How, how about a rugby lateral in Germany <laughs> right. to basically put the put the game on ice? Uh, and then the Dolphins defense played outstanding in the second half. Yep. So, you know, Jalen Ramsey has made a world of difference, and that's kind of why we on the Sunday card really like the Dolphins to win this division because we knew when Ramsey comes back, that's going <sighs> to give them an edge. And right. Now that they're healthy in the secondary, that's going to be better. But you're right, Miami, at the end of the day, you know, you get a good defense in front of them that knows what they're doing and a good defensive coordinator. And it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, a little more of a challenge trying to figure that out. And that's on Mike McDaniel. And now this is the point in the season, Gene, where the offensive coaches in the league have to start changing how they've been uh, calling plays and scheme formations and all those things, because you never want to do those. Cliff Kingsbury was notorious for this because we'd always see, you know, the Cardinals start off hot and then taper out because he never changed anything. He he gave, showed all his cards in the beginning of the game. Right. You need to show your show like half your cards really in the beginning and have kind of slow play it and kind of hit that sweet spot and make that sweet music at the end. Um, the, the the most entertaining game of the week to me last week, of course, is that Cincinnati Buffalo game and uh, uh, Joe Burrow uh, it played well. I mean, and look, uh, this since that I'll tell you what that AFC North, I mean, and I, I I can't get too carried away, but I mean it's the most competitive division in football right now. But I I, I have too much I have trouble getting too carried away considering I'm still not sold on Pittsburgh. I know they won last week, but I'm still not sold on Pittsburgh, and I'm sure as hell not sold on Cleveland despite their five and three record. <laughs> I you know this uh, Baltimore is the class of maybe not just the AFC but the NFL right now. Um, but this yeah. this Cincinnati team. Um, is uh, on its way to the top. They may find themselves. I think right now. I think that Bengals team has a chance to be the uh, the two seed in this division or in the conference before the season's over. Our Super Bowl prediction is back on. I'm, it could I'm, be. I'm buying yeah. back into Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, I, I'm. I, I really think he's just played a lot better. Have they ran the ball effectively? Not really, but Joe Burrow looks healthy yep. and looks like Joe Burrow again, and that's yep. what matters. And their, their defense, man, their defense has played way better in the past, in, in, in the past game. I mean, that was completely, completely the right strategy. What they implemented pretty much was they, they didn't let Diggs do anything. They didn't let Gabe Davis do anything. Josh Allen was doing literally everything after the first drive. It was the same song and dance. I have too many music references today, but <laughs> they're, they're the same song and dance, uh, you know, with Buffalo is, they play great on the first drive. The script is fantastic, and the rest of the movie sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much how yeah. it goes. Yep. You know, with them, is Josh Allen running around doing whatever in God's name he can do, and Stephon Diggs occasionally catching a big ball. So, you know, that that's pretty much the recipe, and Cincinnati bought into that. So 
yes, I agree Cincinnati is playing a lot better. Dean, I, I do agree with you, though. Baltimore is, uh, I mean, you want you want to get the numbers, I mean, and just cheer, watch the game. Nobody's better than Baltimore. Not even close. I mean, the way they tuned up Seattle last week, I mean, I knew they were going to win that game, but I did not expect it to be uh, the dominant performance that it was. I mean, they're just, they're 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 not doing anything wrong right now. No, no, they're not. Look at the numbers, 29 to 6 on first downs last week. Yep. They had the ball for over 40 minutes last week. They had they had 515 yards and I think Seattle had like 150. Yeah. It was it was a dominating performance in Gene. The craziest stat of all, uh, Aaron Schatz over he used to be at Football Insiders. He's now at a fantasy company. He runs that DVOA statistic. It's kind of like war for for teams, Baseball, right? Yeah. Yep. Um so so the, he did the numbers. Yeah. Through 9 games. The Baltimore Ravens have the third highest rating ever for any team wow. in DVOA. That behind the nineteen ninety one Redskins, who we know are, you know, basically kind of considered like that greatest team of all time. Yep. And then two thousand seven Patriots. Wow. Those are the only teams with a higher DVO rating and of all time than this year's Ravens team. That's how good the Ravens are. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, um, they just have to make sure that uh, Lamar Jackson stays uh, upright and healthy. I mean, you know, because that's yeah. that's been an issue. And he's the MVP of the league. Yeah. He's the MVP of the league right Well, now. And, and speaking of st- quarterbacks staying healthy, um, the Eagles get a win last week. But let me tell you what, mm. uh, when you watch Jalen Hurts, he's – you know, look, I know that numbers-wise, his numbers were pretty good last week. But when you look at him and you just, like, you know what, he's one hit away from being out for an extended period of time. And, you know, you're kind of flashing back to what happened to the Eagles at the end of last season. And you really have to worry um, about his health at this point, don't you? A hundred percent. I think they got into the bye at the perfect time. Yeah. Getting him healthy, getting him right. Gene, I mean, if you walk out of that game as an Eagles fan and and think like, hey, you know, are, are happy about that win, yeah, yeah, right? I mean, I don't know what you're watching. That's a you know? that's I mean, a pyrrhic victory. That's, you know, that's the definition yeah, of a pyrrhic I mean, victory. But here's the crazy thing: is that's been happening all year. Yeah, I mean, they've had so many games. Both Washington games were like that. The Patriot game was like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, where they walked out, they they escaped. I mean, you you know, and you did it again. I mean, Jack Prescott just absolutely knifed them up, absolutely carved them like a turkey. Uh, the problem was he got sacked five times. But here's Dallas again, classic Dallas, always a bridesmaid, never a bride, just always constantly just barely coming up short. How many inches plays do you have to see from Dallas where they miss a goal line two-point conversion by an inch, right. where Dak Prescott steps out of bounds on a two-point conversion by an inch. Like, it's just all these things. The penalties in that game, the officiating was terrible. Yep. I mean, Dallas felt like they could have easily won that game, and just little tiny details, as usual, bite them in the in the tuchus. So that's, that's, how, that's how Dallas has lived, and that's how Dallas will continue to live until they fix it. Um, as we get to uh, have you do the picks for this week, uh, we're not going to have you pick this game, obviously, but uh, the Dallas Giants line is one of the biggest lines I have ever seen in the NFL. 
Dallas Dallas is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite this week with the Giants, and I'd still take Dallas. Yeah, how are they scoring? (laughs) Like, how are they scoring? I have no idea. Why didn't the Giants go out and sign Carson Wentz instead of the Rams? That's what I want to know. I've been screaming for weeks, Gene, about now it's California, Carson, now, and they don't even need a backup quarterback. I mean, total, total coaching mismanagement from from, uh, from the Giants. All right, let's get to the games this week. Every game I'm going to have you pick, they're all from the early games because there's just a lot of crap this week. Even some of the early games are crap, but at least the lines are close. So let's, let's – Even uh, the primetime games, Gene. Yeah, we got Raiders-Jets and, and and on Buff- Sunday night. Buffalo. Like anybody you want to go to bed early, yeah. go for it. And then Buffalo and Denver on Monday. Oh, yeah, stinkers. Well, stinkers galore. Oh. All right, uh, let's start with that uh, the Patriots game. 9.30 in the morning from Frankfurt, Germany, Indianapolis, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think in this game you're going to see, you know, two contrasting styles. I think you'll see the Patriots try to run the football a lot more. I uh-huh, mean, that would right. be what I would do because, <laughs> because the Colts – the Colts would be, uh, yeah, I know, right? The Colts would be, uh, you know, undersized on the defensive line, and also Mac Jones is terrible. Yes. So that would be another reason. But the, uh, but I think the Colts are actually going to try and throw it. I mean, the Patriots really haven't gotten that much of a pass rush, even though they blitzed a ton this year, uh, and that secondary is falling apart. No J.C. Jackson again this week. I mean, you know, I, I, I think the Colts are going to try to open it up the passing game a little bit and. To me, I just I have no faith in the Patriots right now. I mean, they're, they're, any team that has a decent roster uh, is, is going to beat them. So, to me, I think Mac Jones probably throws two interceptions. It costs the Patriots uh, a lot of field position and gives the Colts a few points to, to be able to squeak this one out. I'm going to take the Colts to win. Uh, we talked about uh, the the, uh, the Josh Dobbs uh, thing going on in Minnesota. Minnesota is at home this week, uh, but they have the New Orleans Saints coming in. The Saints are currently on top of a very putrid a- uh, NFC South, um, and uh, they can uh, certainly help themselves this week and give themselves a little bit of a cushion if they can beat Minnesota. And uh, New Orleans is a yeah. three- New Orleans is a three point favorite on the road. Yeah, and and I think the reason being obviously is is you know is Dobbs going to do that two weeks in a row, and I think the counter argument to that is well you know he did he had three days to do it and he did it so now he's got a full week to prepare right, right. so you know you would think that Vikings are at home they're playing a lot better I just I don't think that the Vikings are, are going to be able to sustain kind of this emotionality of this they're kind of just the variance is crazy and remember the Saints still have a really good defense I mean. I, I think this is going to be a, a much better traveled Saints team. Um, they're top five and still a plenty of statistical categories. And, and I also think that they found a and a little bit of an answer to their red zone problems. And it's the guy that wears number seven and can play any different positions. It's Taysom Hill. Right. And you know, I think I think with him in the red zone and that operation going on, it's almost like having two different offenses. Um, and, and so I think that the saints ultimately are a more consistent team than the Vikings. Uh, and I looked at the stats, Gene, the Vikings blitz more than anybody. The saints have seen the fifth most blitzes on the offensive line in football and they're sixth in the league in pressure rate allowed. So I think their offensive line will be the key to this game. Mm-hmm. Can Minnesota get pressure on, on car? If they can, they can win it. I don't think they will. I'll take the saints. Okay. 
Uh, on paper, this next one seems like it will be a blowout, but we do have a healthy Deshaun Watson or supposedly healthy Deshaun Watson going up uh, to Baltimore. Baltimore, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, that's probably not enough. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I mean, I know that I know that Baltimore's playing better than anybody. Yeah, but you've got two historic defenses. True. In yep. in this in yep. this game, and and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns cover the number. Really? In fact, I kind of okay. like the Browns to cover the number. Okay. Six and a half, especially in a divisional game. Uh, but you're if you're doing that, you're betting on the defense, and defense doesn't score points. So I, I'm going to take the Ravens to win. This game, I think they will find a way ultimately to run the football. But Cleveland, I think, can keep it close with their defense. I like go like 23-17 type of game. Here. Okay. All right. The over-under on that one I think is 38.5. It's, I think it's the second smallest of the week behind the Jets game. And that benefits the dog usually. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Uh, you said uh, Tampa's going in the wrong direction. Tampa is at home. They are a one-and-a-half point favorite against Tennessee, and uh, Tennessee has officially... <laughs> you know, Why? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, uh, Tennessee has officially announced that they have, uh, they have a new number one quarterback, and, you know, so maybe not having that uh, hanging over his head will help as well. So uh, you're, you're already telling me you think Tennessee's going to win this one, right? I mean... You've got one of the best underdog coaches in, in the last 20 years in Mike Vrabel yeah. going up against one of the worst coaches as a favorite in Todd Bowles. What do you think? I mean, that's literally, I mean, this is, a, this is to me, I think Levis looks, as usual, proving us wrong, looks incredibly strong he does, in the yeah. pocket, incredibly yeah. confident. And, you know, limit those turnovers. I think you can pass all over this Bucks defense. And, and I think Tennessee, they've given up a lot of passing yards, yes. Uh, but I think they can get to Baker and really put some pressure on him. And once Baker's under pressure, he's going to make mistakes, yep. especially if that pressure's coming interior-wise. And Jeffrey Simmons, who's one of the best defensive tackles in football, is going to be coming straight up the middle for Baker Mayfield and causing him to have to get out of the pocket and not be able to see over the line. So... I like the Titans here. I think they win a, a classic Brable game. It's low scoring. It's grinded out type of game where it's like 16 to 14 and, and they win the game. Uh, two teams that uh, picked up victories last week, two teams that needed victories in the worst way. It's uh, You can't do, get too carried away with that Green Bay win, but Green Bay is at Pittsburgh this week. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite at home. Yeah, it's hard not to take – Pittsburgh here just because yeah. you think, okay, Green Bay got a win against Brett Ripon. Right. Like, come on. Right. Now. Exactly. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's like, it's like, geez, we're really going to, you know, maybe play on them. Like, no, thank you. I think Pittsburgh's defense again, good win for Pittsburgh. I don't think they get too high or get too low on a win like that. They're going to have some time to rest up. And I think that's the best thing they need for some of their players. They got to get some of this, you know, Deontay Johnson got a touchdown last week, and all of a sudden George Pickens is complaining. Like, come on, man. Like, the guy right. hadn't scored in about a thousand days. Like, come on now. Right. So, you know, it's they got to get some of that stuff, and Tomlin will root out that crap. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think Pittsburgh probably wins this game, especially being at home. The two games that I am most intrigued to watch this uh, this weekend. Uh, the first one, San Francisco is at Jacksonville, and uh, – it's hard for me to imagine 
San Francisco losing another one. But they are a three-point favorite on the road at Jacksonville, but Jacksonville a pretty hot team right now as well. This is a hard one because, you know, San Francisco, you expect to be desperate and play hard. But Jacksonville, every turn that they've faced, they've, they've, they've faced another villain and, you know, and they keep winning. So it's really hard this one because, you know, typically uh, you're not really sure Jacksonville as a dog at home by three points against the San Francisco team that the one thing they want to do is run the football. And it sounds like Trent Williams may not play in this game. So that's a huge, huge thing for them because you try to run on Jacksonville. Jacksonville is top five in all most rushing statistics. They're a very difficult team to run the football on. Uh, I don't know that this uh, call me crazy, but Jacksonville, I think I got more confidence in them than I San Francisco right now. So I'll take a upset of the week. Plus the weather's going to be a little bit crazy. It's going to be windy at 20 mile an hour winds in that game. Right. So we know that the Niners have that, have the rookie kicker and Moody's missed some kicks this week, this year. So I kind of like Jacksonville to win this game. I like the vibe they're putting out, and I'm going to take the upset of the week and give me Jacksonville. Oh, man, there will be panic in the streets of San Francisco if the Niners lose another one. Oof. That uh, mm. that would boy that'd be that'd be amazing. Uh, this next one uh, on paper, you mean the way Cincinnati is playing right now, you, you would think that uh, this is this is a no brainer. They are six and a half point favorites at home, but boy, I'll tell you what, I'm not counting out C.J. Stroud anymore about anything. I mean, because this kid just continues yeah. to, to be amazing, and I mean, he's going to have to have a, a I think he's going to have to have a damn near perfect game this week. But uh, uh, going in six and a half point dogs. Oh, I think Cincinnati's got to be careful in this one. They just beat Buffalo, big win, Sunday night football, and very quickly they're going to turn around on Thursday night and play the Ravens in Baltimore. Oof. So yeah. that's going to be a massive game. So this could be one of those classic sandwich games yep. for Cincinnati. you got to be careful in this. I wouldn't mind, you know, maybe sprinkle a little money line and, and take the Texans to win the game outright uh, if you want to. But I, I think that probably Cincinnati squeezes this is, squeezes this game out, and, and prevails. I, I do think this will be a struggle because, remember, Higgins is not playing in this game. Right. And Jamar and Jamar Chase is hurt. Right. Jamar Chase has a back issue where he landed on his back last week. So how effective will that passing game be? And Houston's run defense has been really good the last few weeks, and, and Cincinnati still hasn't caught up there. So Burrow's going to have to be really good for them to cover that number. I do think they win the game. But I do think Houston's got a good chance to to, to stay within a touchdown. So I'll take the Bengals. All right. Um, so the Liberty Flames uh, looking to stay undefeated. Who we got it this week? Old Dominion, right? Old Dominion. I'll be there to get the game tomorrow. It'll nice. be uh, you know sunny degrees, sixty to sixty degrees, and sunny. So that'll be very solid. And really, is the last test for Liberty if they are going to lose a game in state team uh you know who's 500 ish you know that that could be kind of sneaky you know you, you gotta you gotta watch out for that but i mean with the loss by air force last week gene they could be in line for that power that that group of five oh, bowl how about you that? know for fiesta bowl yeah so that could be interesting you want to watch tulane and air force are really the only teams that you're really looking at for 
to see if those two teams are going to be able to make it. So I don't know how you can question an undefeated conference champion and not put them in there. I, guess I don't know. I guess they, they have to be happy that James Madison is not uh, eligible for a bowl this year because they continue to uh, – uh, to play very, very well. They've got UConn this week, and UConn couldn't cover, what was it, like <laughs> 37 points last week to Tennessee. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my. Man, I'll tell you what. You, know, you remember remember the optimism in UConn when Mora was hired as the head coach and things might be going in the right yeah. direction? Oh, have the wheels fallen Where? off of that bus. Well, I think Jim Moore at this point would – he just wants to be like all the kids in Lake Wobegon from Garrison Keeler, right? He just wants to be above average. That's all he wants to be. So I think and, – and, and it's just a struggle to get there, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and, and in regards to James Madison, real quick, I, I believe they're appealing to the NCAA to get their bowl eligibility Not gonna happen. Uh, actually, actually done. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, they're definitely appealing it. I know that. So – uh, I don't think that will happen. I agree with you for them to make an exception, but you know, I, I, I'm very interested. This is not a huge week for college football, obviously, um, but outside of Michigan and Penn State, and we we talked about that a little off air. But you know, I, I think uh, I think this could be a fun one. But lots of great football, Gene. And again, like I said, you know, it, it's starting to really come down to the wire. I'm I'm very excited. I'm going to leave you with one last thing before uh, we sign off for the day, and that's uh, sure. There's a chance that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to get suspended today uh, by the Big Ten. Uh, and, and I said this to you off the air. Um, it would not shock me if he, at the end of the season, says, I've had enough of this NCAA crap, you know, with the with the cheeseburgers and all this other stuff. And I got a, I got, I got a flyer for you. Jim Harbaugh, the next coach of the New England Patriots. <laughs> don't don't tickle my fancy here, Gene. <laughs> don't do it, because I'll get on that train real quick. I know you, you will. I really will. That would be a good. That would be a fun little, you know, a fun a fun little uh, a fun little thing to yeah. see that with the Patriots getting going from Belichick to Harbaugh. I mean, you're talking about two completely different coaches and demeanor. Yeah. That would be a fun one. That would be that would be interesting. Dan, enjoy the games this week. We'll look forward to talking to you next weekend. Dean, God bless you. The best. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We will be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. As long as my computer stays uh, uh, stays in uh, good working order, uh, we're going to leave you this morning with some music from Jimmy Buffett. Did you, by the way, did you see the uh, the tribute to Jimmy Buffett on the Country Music Awards on uh, Wednesday night? It was fantastic. Uh, they, Alan Jackson came out, did Margaritaville with the Zach Brown Band, and then Kenny Chesney and Mac McAnally. Uh, it just, it was great. It was absolutely great. And uh, this is from his new album. It's called Nobody Works on Friday. That's I'm plan on I plan on following that advice as soon as I get off the air. We'll see you Monday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.